I think the biggest worry. Uh, uh, is it too much a stretch to say it's maybe top 10 biggest stories uh, in our lifetime? Political stories, probably top five? I mean, uh, it depends on how it turns out, obviously. We, uh, we don't have all the information we need. We have more than I ever thought we'd get. Yeah, but it depends on how it turns out. If nothing happens, then America is doomed to just absolute corruption and rot. If something happens, it means the president could be removed from office legitimately for something that nobody should be able to argue against. Taking money from an enemy state, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. We're talking about the um, the Hunter Biden uh, testimony that was released yesterday. And uh, it shows, I mean, not only the smoking gun, but the body, you know, the handwritten plan. I'm going to kill him and shoot him in the head. And you'll find the gun here. And I really did it. It's not a fake. In fact, here's a picture of me doing it that's the kind of evidence they have now on hunter and joe biden this isn't about hunter biden this is about joe biden uh we talk about that and so much more on today's podcast by the way on saturday bridget fetacy is on my one-on-one podcast and on sunday a new pilot pod podcast on history putting things into perspective how did we get here an honest history, an honest look at experts. How did we go from a, a country that would take risks? I'm going to build a submarine and go down to the bottom of the ocean and look at the Titanic. All right, dude, I don't think that sounds like a good idea, especially with the PlayStation controller as, you know, your steering wheel, but whatever. How did we go from a country that would allow that and would look at the Amelia Earharts and say, that's great, to a country saying, I don't know, the country should, the, the government should protect. The government should have laws to stop these people from taking those risks. No. Experts is the answer. Experts is the answer of why everything has changed. And we begin with the first pilot episode of uh, how we got here, Honest History. It'll be in the podcast feed on Sunday. You don't want to miss it. Today's podcast brought to you by Jace Medical. I love this company because they have solved something for me. And I, I don't know about, you know, other people who prepare for what might be coming. But I'm very concerned, and you should be too, about supply disruptions. Um, you know, we have, a, we have a problem in our supply chain. And your medicine could be gone easily and you know things that you wouldn't even think about your heart medicine or your blood pressure medicine anything like that if you're taking any kind of antidepressant you don't think there's going to be a run on that or a problem with that but there will be if the supply chain breaks down that's why jace medical is here jace daily it's a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12-month backup supply of your prescription medication all of the things, antibiotics, um, cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, mental health, all of it. I want you to find out all about this and see if it's right for you and your family. If you want to be prepared, go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code Beck at checkout, jacemedical.com. 
listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I have been uh, recording the book all this week in all of my spare time, uh, and uh, it's coming out in July, and it's called Dark Future. And it is, I think this is the largest book we've ever, we've ever written. It's 511 pages. Um, but I think, gosh, maybe the last hundred pages are uh, footnotes. But it is, you know, when, when you write a book, you write it and then you put it to rest really by, let's say it's, it's June now. We probably had it lion share finished in november early december but then it has to go into a period of rewrites and keeping up with the time making sure we do all of the little additions on what has happened so you know you're seven months away from it and i've been reading it all this week and it is so powerful and i can't believe how the timing of some of the books that we write when they come out it, it is i was concerned that so much has happened but it, it now it's i'm glad that some of this stuff has happened because you will understand it what you're seeing you'll understand um so anyway so i've been i've been doing that this week to have it ready for you and i want you to know just to prove to you that i'm not saying this for money i make more money on the audio book and uh, i'd love you to get the audio book i've worked hard on it and it's very funny and has a lot of ad lib in it that the book doesn't have but buy the paperback or the hardback when it comes out you have to have a paper version of this and i urge you to use the footnotes i urge you to do your own homework you will see in this book if we don't truly if you don't truly understand this, we don't have a chance because in the world, honestly, this is probably the most powerful audience in America, the most active audience. But you are probably the best educated on the Great Reset over any other group in the world it's really up to you to understand it and teach it and share it with others. Dark Future, you can get it now at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Now, I want to talk to you about something that happened with the IRS whistleblowers yesterday. Testimony heard at the House Committee on Ways and Means attesting to the Department of Justice hamstringing the U.S. Attorney David Weiss and his ability to pursue the, the Hunter Biden case. The whistleblowers, Gary Shapley, he led the IRS investigation on the Hunter Biden case. Um, the case was codenamed Sportsman. I don't know how you put him as a sport. Anyway, as well as one of his subordinate agents, name undisclosed. I'm going to just give you a couple of things. I'm going to give you the top 10 uh, things that we, we, we learned yesterday um, from uh, just the news. But I want to go to where it is. Here it is. Um, a WhatsApp message connected to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's dis business deal. Now, I don't know why we haven't seen this before. 
The second, the second unnamed whistleblower said that there was a WhatsApp message found where Hunter Biden mentioned his father, President Joe Biden, in the context of business deals. Now, remember, I had nothing to do. I didn't know about my son's business. And we've told you that's impossible. It is impossible. And we've shown you circumstantial evidence. Okay. But in the WhatsApp message, here's what he uh, um, says. And this, the FBI and IRS had July 30th, 2017. Biden says to Henry Zhao, one of his Chinese uh, affiliates, guy he's doing business with. Jason, I want to bring you in because you're chief researcher and I've been so busy on the book. I want to make sure you, that you clarify make sure that I'm right on everything. Henry Zhao is the guy who is Communist Party affiliated, yes. right? Okay. Um, and this is the, uh, I can't remember the name of the con- company. CEFC. Yes, which was? That was, uh, I, I guess they're kind of like an inter- energy type company. Right, but it's, it's a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese government, okay? And uh, the contact was a guy in the Communist Party, Henry Zhao. And this is what Hunter Biden wrote, quote, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Now, it goes on, but I think that's enough. Don't you? I'm sitting here with my father, not the big guy. You know, he's become very spiritual. Maybe he was talking about his father in heaven. I am sitting here in prayer with my father in heaven. And he's wondering why the commitment, you know, to some of those commandments has not yet been fulfilled. Maybe that's the explanation. He says, tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father in heaven. (laughs) Or as he wrote, he left the in heaven part out. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. I mean, I, I am, I was very, very suspicious of, uh, and I would say knew that Joe Biden committed crimes like this and I, I this is not a surprise i am surprised they were this blatant with it the the i'm i am shocked that this message actually exists this is hunter biden blatantly blurting out everything we've been accusing him of it's happening it's in this is real right like i yeah. honestly i went back and forth 20 times yesterday going like this is is this is it did someone say they saw this message did, is this is it one of those things that like it turned up on the internet? We can't explain why. This is real, Jason. Right? Like, there's no question about it. 
This is not only real, but let me tell you this. The FBI, and this is in the first couple pages of this report. Yeah, the, the report is like 250 pages. Yeah. And thank God for you, Jason, for reading. <laughs> I'm always the schmuck, right? Yeah, That's yeah I, I know. Um, the FBI authenticated all of this in November 2019. Now, just think about what has happened. What happened after that? Yeah, that's a, that's a year before the election. Yeah. That's a year before the laptop goes out. They verified the FBI. We now know verified that that laptop was real a year before anyone even heard the word Hunter laptop. But what did they do to social media companies like Facebook right after this? They went to uh, places like Facebook and said, hey, um, there might be some Russian disinformation, you know, that might be coming your way soon. Just want to put it on your radar. Mm -hmm. And that eventually led to all of the blacklisting and, you know, banning of all that information, like the New York Post article. This is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. What, what is what is truly, uh, truly uh, an act of treason toward uh, freedom is the press not raising hell over this okay this is this is the smoking gun the smoke the little smudged bullet in the wall this is all of it this is all of it and for them not to take this now and say because here's the problem only half the country cares right and until you get the other half to care it nothing's going to happen but if ABC, NBC, boy, that would be horrible if people started protesting the mouse house because ABC only moves when anybody threatens the mouse house, the actual park. You're saying, I'm going to picket your park. They go crazy. They don't care about their movie or anything. They care about the parks. Uh, so I'd hate to see somebody organize a really lasting, long-term uh, and smart picketing of those parks uh, to get ABC to actually start to tell the truth. The fact that they just, that this isn't the lead and nonstop story of the year. Yeah, because it's not only this message. You know, we've seen the laptop. We've seen tons of stuff on there that was a, a real problem. The reason we're seeing this message today is because the whistleblower said they had these messages and they were blocked from mm-hmm. trying to investigate them. Yes. So so listen to the whole thing. Listen, there's, there's other things. Biden met CEFC, Chinese business client of Hunter. Did you know that? He didn't know anything about it. Mm. He meets this guy. Shapley recalled Rob Walker, a business associate of Hunter, describing a meeting that Joe Biden attended with the Chinese company. Walker went on to describe an instance in which the former vice president showed up at a CFC meeting. Uh, Walker said, we uh, we were at the Four Seasons. We were having lunch and he stopped in and he said hello to everybody. I don't think he drank water. I think Hunter Biden said, uh, I may be trying to start a, start a company or try to do something with these guys. And could you? And I think he was like, uh, I mean, I'm around and he'd show up, he recounted. So I don't know exactly what that means other than uh, I want to do business. And could you be involved? But he didn't want to say that. You know, if if you're around, would you show up from time to time? Is that 
what you get from that? Uh, yes. Does that go on to say what he what the conclusions that, sh- that that they drew from that meeting? Okay, so that that goes on even further in the testimony, and the person whoever's asking the asking the whistleblower question says, "Was it your impression that all of this was orchestrated between Joe and Hunter?" For this entire, for him to show up at that time to make that presence to influence this uh, meeting, was it in your impression that this was orchestrated? He answers, "Yes, that was my impression." Okay, now this isn't just some <laughs> nameless whistleblower. There are those that are afraid. This is a high-ranking IRS official that was in charge of this investigation. Yeah, and as you will find out in a few minutes, he is blowing the whistle not only on what they found. But what they were not allowed to do, all the stuff that this was, oh, no, we stayed out of it, he is an absolute lie. And we now have the FBI stating it and we have the FBI uh, and we have the IRS stating it. All of the agents that were involved in the actual work and at the IRS, the guy who was in charge of the agents who were doing the work. Can I point out also, as we've been kind of critical on the FBI, as we should, I think, in a lot of things, but this was very, very remarkable in this testimony because the rank-and-file FBI agents were just as pissed off as this whistleblower was mm. in this testimony. It's clear that something was happening at the higher level, but the rank-and-file FBI agents were like, let us investigate. Let us ask these questions. I would love to see mm. if they really cared, if they really cared, I mean, I got to tell you, any of these guys lose their job and you are really coming out and blowing the whistle and you have the hard facts. I think this audience would raise millions of dollars to make sure your family was taken care of. Mm. You know what I mean? You've got to do your patriotic duty. You've got to speak out. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And we really want to thank you for listening. What? were we what were we doing one year ago at this very time well um one year ago at this very time we were we knew we a were, little bit no nope you remember what we were doing exactly I do, I do i remember it is it is seared into my memory not only was this such a big deal the overturn of roe versus wade it was on the day the interview with a guy who we had tried to talk to for a while. I don't remember why the scheduling was tough or something. And uh, and I had said this guy is just you know just a horrible you know Soros kind of guy. Uh, and he was running for something. I don't even remember. I don't remember his name. I remember he was I think in Utah in yeah, Provo, yes. Utah maybe. Uh, and he was running and. We saw the end of his career on this day. Yes. Now, actually, it was tomorrow. That's why you kind of fooled me on this one, because the oh, okay. actual anniversary yeah. of Rover's tomorrow being overturned yeah. is tomorrow. But it was on a Friday mm-hmm. at this time mm-hmm. when we when we heard about it. And uh, uh, and that's when I said about this time, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have to switch to something else. I have to cut you loose. Uh, because the Supreme Court just came out with a Roe versus Wade uh, ruling, the and biggest, he, the biggest story of my Supreme lifetime, Court of our lifetime. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Well, until today, isn't it weird? We're finding out about the Hunter Biden thing today. Two of the biggest stories, I think, in my lifetime, happening today. 
That's weird. Again, technically, it would be tomorrow because tomorrow up, is shut the up, end. Shut up! Shut up! Shut <laughs> up! To ruin your little narrative. I here, have. But. You know what? I have expert Hib Hib Hibberson, <laughs> who's just a regular man off the street. Hib, am I right or am I right? You're usually wrong. Today, though, you're very wrong. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I mean, it is. A, it's. In, I mean, it's incredible. I remember talking to this guy because he was. It was a he was trying to defend his yeah his, his reputation his candidacy his reputation it was a big moment for him but to not be able to recognize it's a, a bigger big moment for sixty three million dead children <laughs> was a kind of a weird stance yeah. to take yeah. in a in a state that I think values life you know yeah. it was a, it was yeah. a weird stance yeah. to take and by the way no longer employed <laughs> right. uh, did that that election did not work out well yeah for him. it didn't work it didn't yeah. work out well for him at all um, but anyway. This, as we were just saying, this is the biggest decision, the biggest turnaround, something that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Yep. I said it on the air a hundred times uh, that well, this is never going to happen. You know, I mean, I want it to happen right. and I, I don't care. I, I said over and over again, I don't care if it's never going to happen. And we're still going to sit here and talk about it because it's the most probably the most important issue. Again, 63 so, million children not being alive that should be is bigger than any tax increase. So technically, though, we have been talking about it, saying we never expected this in our lifetime. It, in a way, what I think we met meant when we thought we'll never overturn, they would never make abortion illegal from the Supreme Court. Yeah, and they didn't. Uh, uh, no, I, I honestly never thought they would overturn Roe versus Wade. Meaning I, I, that it would I, be legal in some states and yeah, not in others. I, exactly what we have now. I didn't think. I just, you know, I just was beaten down by it. For so long, we fought these battles. We've made these arguments, I think, compelling arguments about, again, not some controversial issue about children being alive. Like a really basic thing that we should all kind of cheer on. Hang on. I was like to continue mm-hmm. this but the supreme court has just upheld biden deportation policy hmm. can you go and yeah, well, jason would you it. look at that real quick yeah. uh and uh and give me supreme yeah, court rejects the state challenge to biden deportation policy well that's not really good <laughs> i gotta know what that's all about there's something in my lifetime I never thought I would see the Supreme Court going, yep, let them all in. I mean, I don't know that that's what it says, but I uh, know, we'll, we'll I go know. through it. We'll go through it here for sure. Well, but um, we're just, I mean, still, I think it's a, this we've one. We've got I, a hype. I think the, the co- ratings are up, but we get a hype. We oh, yeah. can get the ratings way, way up if we just start saying, my gosh, Clarence, and you will only hear it here, and others will deny it. Clarence Thomas just said, open the borders. <laughs> <laughs> and more dog leprosy talk coming up. Um, the, uh, I, if I remember this case correctly, and I have not gone through these uh, recently. It's been a little while. But uh, this one, I think the big issue was standing. It was whether, whether uh, it was Texas and Yeah, Louisiana, but I think that maybe. the states do have standing. Oh, I mean, that's, if you're not doing right. your job as the federal government, look at how the state of Texas is changing. And I don't mean in demographics. I saw a deal that said, there are now more Hispanics in Texas than there are white people. And I'm like, and? Mm-hmm. I don't really care. What I do care is that there are more Mexicans 
more Venezuelans, more whatever. And actually not as bad on the Venezuela thing because they actually left persecution. They know how bad this stuff is. Um, It's not people who want to become an American and they buy into our our society. They're here because they want to make money. And that's what's gotten us to where we are today is our love of money. Um, we have to love our principles more. Uh, and I, I, Texas is forever changed by what has happened in the last two years. Texas is forever changed. And if that's not in, if you don't have standing, the, the, just the ranchers in Texas, they don't have standing of what's happening on their own property. A lot of this comes down. The, the reason I bring up the standing point is sort of a uh, an interesting one is because a lot of that just comes back to legal wranglings that not I don't even none of us are experts on. Right. Well, like, the I, good I, thing is, of course, on we the should phone, have standing on the phone right oh, now. I was just told. Hib Jibberson, which. Do I have that right? Are you are you related to the guy with leprosy? <laughs> Why would we be related? We have different last names. Well, we I know, but I didn't name. know That's if relations were. I had no idea. Maybe it was uh, you know the the uh, Hispanic spelling of Jibberson, and I was getting it wrong because you would say Iberson, not Jibberson. You were definitely getting it wrong. <laughs> the de- and you, you never sound know anyway. How. All right, so you are an expert in uh, standing. St- <laughs> in standing, yes, really, I'm, yes, huh. not, not legal standing. I just stand for long periods of time. Okay, and that has what to do with the Supreme Court? You know, I didn't arrange this interview. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I would be doing an interview about the Supreme Court. But Damn it! I've got to talk to my producers about this. I apologize, Mr. Gibberson. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're all right, I, I appreciate. I, I hope it. to be back on soon. Well, I don't think so. I'm really upset with my executive producer Stu Brigier. why would you book that <laughs> well i don't know he told me that it was an 8-1 decision and uh, uh he was going to outline it but apparently who was the i want to do that who was the dissent uh alito so i mean uh you had even clarence thomas agreeing on okay, this good. particular case um but of course alito like has, has been really uh, really really good uh, there's a, uh, a a separate opinion joined by the conservatives, but it was everybody except Alito uh, overall on that particular case. We'll get into we can, we can go through it a little bit yeah. more, but I and I'd like to go through earlier this week. I had pulled out the I think it's the 18 cases or something yet to be decided by the Supreme Court. Yeah, and there's some pretty big ones in there. There are some big ones. Um, I. I'm kind of surprised we were seeing, I mean, I guess it's an 8-1, and sometimes they usually put the 5-4s later in the term. Um, The 8-1. Yeah, the 5-4s are the ones that they're like, uh, all right, we're all getting into our cars. Right. Really? Yeah. (laughs) They, like, throw it out the window as they jam on the gas. (laughs) Meep, meep, there it is. They, like, have a bag of sand, and they put the uh, the sand down and try to leave, and then the ball rolls after them as they go. Um, uh, Yeah, they, they... Usually, we weren't necessarily uh, expecting uh, that case uh, this early, but, you know, I mean, they. this is what happened. This is why this was such a shock when you go back to the one-year anniversary versus Wade. Everyone expected it to be on the last day of the term, and they're like, ah, now it's right now, while we were in the middle of an interview. Uh, so, you know, these things wind up not always being 
the most obvious when it comes down to their timing. They they have their own schedule. They do it whenever they want to do it. Yeah, there you heard it. The confession of the man who obviously <laughs> leaked the uh, decision last year. He has some sort of inside information. I think we all heard that. The best of the Glenn Beck program. We have um, we have somebody on with us that uh, is talking about something that is uh, is happening in Texas and and maybe it can happen. Oh, I don't know. Elsewhere, uh, it is it's putting things back into alignment. Uh, I want to uh, bring on Kimberly Fletcher. Uh, she is Moms for America founder and president. And Texas is passed a new law placing FCC standards on school libraries. This is something that I've talked about for a while. How come I cannot read it? Remember, there was a show you went white on me, Stu. You were like, oh, my gosh. And I don't mean white, your usual white. Mm. I mean, all the blood drained from his face because (laughs) I said, you know what? Maybe I should just read it because if it's okay for the children, why would the FCC have a problem with it? Well, that's what Kimberly Fletcher and uh, Moms for America have done. Welcome, Kim. How are you? Hi, I am. I am great. I really appreciate you talking about this because it's kind of a really big deal. (laughs) Oh, it's a really big deal. And it's only aligning uh, common sense. It is only aligning and saying, look, if I can't say this on the radio, why? Why can't I say that? I can't say it because it's obscene. So why can you say that in a classroom with my kids? Well, and it's the same thing with the school boards, too. And that's, yep. so it was actually John Rich. I have to give complete credit to John Rich. Yes, the country music singer. He had reached out to me after an event last December and said, can we sit down and talk about how we can save kids together? And I said, sure. And so we, he talked about some of the things that he was pushing and promoting in Tennessee, and some won and some didn't. And one of them was the FCC standards. And when he told me this, he's like, he's like, Kimberly, it just, I observed that they have all these restrictions for children to be, uh, to have access to obscene material on the TV and on the radio, but we're shoving it in the classroom and in, and in the books. And he said, you know, if you can't show it on TV and you can't air it on the radio, you shouldn't have it in the classroom. I had literally about leaped off my seat. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a winning argument. How can anybody disagree mm-hmm. with this? And so I said, you know what? You didn't weren't able to pass it in Tennessee. We'll regroup on that. But I said, Texas is in session now. They're only in session every other year, which I think every state should do. But that's another story. Right. And this is the year. It's an off year. So let's take it to Texas. And so we did. And I, I went and I met with the, the, the legislatures and I was like, OK, who has the obscenity bills? Because right now, every state across the country, all these representatives are wanting to pass parental rights, school choice, and obscenity bills. And some of them are awful and some of them are good. And so I said, let's sit down and let's look and see what we have. So Jared Patterson had had most of the obscenity bills. And I said, well, let's look and see and find the best one. And it was HB 900, which he labeled a reader act. And it, it fit the FCC standard the most. If you cannot have it in the class, if you can't have it on the radio or the TV, then it shouldn't be in the library, it shouldn't be in the books, and it shouldn't be in the curriculum. So it holds those curriculum developers to a standard that the state school board reviews, and it holds the classroom materials to those same standards. The Tennessee bill is actually my favorite that I want to be able to resurrect in Tennessee. Okay, hang on, hang on. Before you go there, before you go there, 
The yes. bill in Texas has passed, correct? It has. It passed the House with 10 Democrats signing on that went through the Senate, thanks to Angela Paxton and, and a couple other amazing senators. I love her. State senators there. And then the governor signed it on uh, June 12th. It is now law in the state of Texas. Fantastic. We have model legislation. It is so exciting. Yeah, it, fantastic. And again, you're not banning books. What you're doing is saying... We have to normalize the standards, the standardization of uh, of what is a, what is appropriate in in public settings and with uh, public support. The reason why I'm held to these FCC standards is because the government laid claim to the airwaves. And so we are issued radio stations are issued a frequency and then you got to build everything to broadcast on that frequency. But the government owns all the frequencies. So that's public airspace. So public standards. That's why I'm held and I can't say things and do things on radio. Some of them make sense. Some of them don't. But it's public standards. How can the public standards be higher on radio, especially radio like this, that is geared towards adults and lower for the things that are in our curriculum for our kids. Makes no sense. No sense. Well, the, you're absolutely right. And that's the reason why it passed. And it was there was definitely some serious obstruction and pushback, but it passed because it's common sense. The bill, a, a, a equivalent bill, has already gone through both houses in Louisiana, and it's on the governor's desk pending signature. We have eight different states that we have introduced this to, including uh, Idaho, Ohio, and several others. And we are, we are actively engaged in getting this passed in all 50 states. And, and Glenn, they're making our case for us because we have moms who are going into these school board meetings and mm-hmm. they're reading what their children are being exposed oh, to. I know. They're telling them you can't say that. They're turning off their microphone. Some of them, they're, they're being escorted out of the school board meeting. And a couple of the moms actually got escorted out in handcuffs because they refused to stop reading what their children are being Correct. exposed to, trying to get attention. And you know what they say? It's on public TV, so you can't say that here. Mm-hmm. It's actually not on public TV. It is on cable public access. That's different. Cable is not regulated by the FCC. Hmm. Huh. Okay, that's really good news. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell yeah, that's why, that's why HBO can run, you know porn at night or whatever they want to run that's why you don't have that's why the standards on nbc are higher on language and situations than they are on you know uh usa because it's a cable network not a broadcast cable does not involve airwaves so you can do whatever you want on cable I love this because now we can go back with even greater yep. information. Actually, no, we can read this here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, but I, I am appalled at the kind of things that these children are being exposed to. And we as moms had to do something that was actually tangible. And what's so great about this passing in Texas is that we do have model legislation. It has passed. And in Texas, which is a really important state. And now we can take this across the country and say it's already been passed. It's already tested, been tested and true. Pro- tried and true. So let's take this everywhere and give mom something where you can actually have a tangible tool to protect our kids in the classroom and in their schools. 
John Rich needs an award for this. I mean, this is, he's a great guy. I just love John. Just love him. Um, and he needs an award for this. This is a brilliant idea. Um, all right. So we, I want to take you to Tennessee for a second. That has not been passed, but you say this was the best one? It was the best one because it not just protected our children from the books and the curriculum, but it also protected them from digital learning, which is everything is kind of going to digital learning. And oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember, but a few years ago, they, well, it was about 10 years ago, they started the stay at school books and they, and they had this great argument. Well, they're not coming back and they're costly. That's not why they were saying don't take them home. Sure. They didn't want parents to see what they had. Well, in 2020, parents saw everything that they were being exposed to, and that was all digital learning. And a lot of this curriculum is, is being pushed in that way to hide it and protect it. And they're saying that the school board members can't even see it and review it because it's trademarked and it's proprietary information. I'm like, you know what? If the school board members can't see it, parents can't see it, you shouldn't have it. Yeah, why, are you, buy, why are you buying something that you can't look at? Exactly. How is that possible? And, and the parents can't look at it. I'm paying for it with my tax dollars. What do you mean I can't see it? They should be kicked out. Your salespeople, no room for you. Sorry. Uh, there's that common sense again. And, and that's exactly what we're saying. But the, the third thing that it protects our children from is adults. If there is an adult in authority over the child, then it protects them from that, too. That's what makes the Tennessee bill so strong, because they're bringing in these consultants from outside who are a lot of times from Planned Parenthood and other organizations mm-hmm. like that, who are teaching these things to, to kids and they're confusing them. They are, I mean, this is a, a political indoctrination is what it, it is. is. It is. And they're confused. I, they, they don't even know their identity now. They're, they have whole entire curriculums on gender identity using the genderbred person, which has now evolved to the gender unicorn because the genderbred person was too manly. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's crazy. And anybody who sees it would say it was crazy, which is why they're working so hard to hide it from the public. So, so the Tennessee bill is great, and we're going to regroup on it. John and I both are going to fight for that one. Okay, let me know how I can help you. We have a lot of listeners in Tennessee, and I'm I'm sure our friends, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro and others will will help them out as well. Um, the um, the The difference here in Texas is it doesn't it doesn't apply to digital books. It doesn't apply to digital learning, and it doesn't apply to a, adult. Um, oversight so any adults that are so a teacher and and we're specifically we're not saying teachers because then all the teachers think oh my gosh they're coming after me no 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 we are we are saying that anyone who has an educational field industry if you will has access to children in the curriculum in the classroom in the school that they also have to follow that FCC standard because teachers are teaching this. They're not the, the bulk I know, of them, I know. but they know. are doing it and they're, and they're heralding it. And, and my daughter was telling me, mom, you don't even have to go find them. Just go to TikTok. They're, they're praising themselves. So, for but how that. do you, how did that, did you make this case in Texas? Because I don't understand. I can't have a guest on my show who reads a digital book that's pornographic. I, I can't. That would right. be a violation of the rules. The 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 classroom or the um, area in our schools has to be looked at as the airwaves, and there there are no exceptions to the rule. There's nothing I can do 
that I can run through a processor, a microphone, a computer, anything that violates those FCC standards. I can't do it. So how could you allow a digital book or a teacher or somebody else coming in and violate those rules? I can't do that. That, that, right. that, that fouls all the common sense up and should be easy to fight. It, it is. We have, obviously, the, the ACLU is constantly attacking anything that, that anybody does that makes common sense. Um, one of the things that was considered when we were looking at the various different bills is which one is the one that has the best opportunity to pass, which is the start. Yes. And uh, there are two additional bills that would follow the FCC standard more strictly that we are reaching out. Um, we're working with um, Representative Patterson and other members of the legislature for the next session. But we're doing that in other states, too. And Idaho is just we've got some great legislative friends in Idaho right. who are so excited about this. And they love the Tennessee bill. And a lot of them do because it, it tackles that. What's great about Texas is that we already have something that has passed, which means that all the legislators in the other states can look at that and say, oh, this one passed. It, it went through all the legal, you know, checks and marks and everything to make sure that we have something. So if we have to start here, great, but then let's build from it and have two backup bills to yeah, go with it. I think that's, so that's what we're working on right now. I, I think that's excellent. Um, you need help uh, pushing back uh, teachers unions in some states like Utah. The teachers unions, they are all in the Republican Party um, because it's a red state. So you get these squishy it's like Texas. You get squishy Republicans who are in the bag for the teachers unions. Whoever is pushing back on you, please let me know. Let us help you run some interference just through informing listeners of what's happening in their states. Um, oh, and, uh, and, and whatever you need. I, you and John are on absolutely a genius track. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, that is, uh, Kimberly Fletcher. She's moms for America founder and president. I'm telling you these moms organizations, they make all the difference in the world. Remember Stu, it was like 2008 and somebody said, somebody called in and said, look, I can't do anything cause I'm just a mom. You remember this? Yeah. And I, I just lost it. And I said, stop saying that that is the hardest, most important job in the world, a mom, and it's going to be the, how do you argue with moms? You can't argue with moms. Really? You could have a bunch of dads come in and talk to teachers and teachers will say the dads don't understand and you can get away with it. Moms? No, Mm -mm. you can't, you, everybody loves their mom. I mean, well, most do some of them really hate their mothers kind of like joe biden's daughter hates him you know because of the whole shower thing in her diary but anyway that's a different story um moms make all the difference you have the power and you're seeing it what was the turning point in this what was the turning point moms going to parent teacher uh, meetings pta meetings and school boards that's what changed this join these moms groups because they are absolutely making a difference. Huge difference. Na, 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 na.